right, so the film that we're dissecting today is called Instant Family. Have any of you guys seen this? All right, some of you have. It's probably a film that many of you have not seen, but you're going to want to watch the full thing. I promise you, it is worth seeing. Amber and I had been scrolling through Netflix for a while. You know, you're in that constant battle trying to find something to watch. There's 9,000 things you could watch and zero that you actually want to watch. And so anyway, we're flipping through the, the, the queue there, and we had seen Instant Family. When I read the description, I'm like, this is going to be cheesy. I am not watching this movie. Then a friend had recommended it, and they said, oh, you haven't seen it? You need to watch it. It's really worth seeing. So we decided to give it a shot because it was free on Netflix, so why not? And I'm so glad we did. This is a very, very worthwhile movie to see. The story centers around a middle-aged couple named Pete and Ellie Wagner. You'll see them there on the screen. And they decide to become foster parents to a trio of kids that are stuck in the system. There are two words that I would use to describe this movie. The first is it's hilarious. Genuinely funny, funny movie. Not really super cheesy at all. The second word I'd use to describe it is honest. It is an honest portrayal of what it means to be in a family and all of the difficult and crazy circumstances that go along with being in a family in the 21st century. But look, I don't want to tell you about the movie. I want you to see the movie for yourself. This is a comedy you should laugh. If there are funny moments in the clip, go ahead. Don't, don't feel bad about laughing in church. There's a reason I'm showing a funny movie today. I want you to kick back and enjoy our first clip where Pete and Ellie are introduced to us along with Ellie's sister and her husband. We get to learn a little bit about their situation. Let's roll clip one. bought this? Yeah. And it's ours now. We own this. Mm-hmm. I love it. Right? What did I tell you? The fireplace, the built-ins here. Are you sure you want to give this to your sister? Babe, we make 100K off this flip all day long. This is it? Hey, hey, yeah, come in, come in. You guys made me ask off an hour early to see this dump? We're all smelling this right now, right? Okay, not a good fit, so we'll just go. Okay, come on, have a little vision. French doors to the garden. We move the stairs, take these walls down, create an open concept through the kitchen. There's a gorgeous stained glass here in the corner. The, the bones are really good. When's the part we cough up 12 grand to fix the rotted out foundation? Okay, clearly it's not for them, right? Let's just flip this one out. There's a park across the street, and the schools here are fantastic if you have a baby. When? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kimmy. When? When you have a baby. We're having a baby. We are having a baby. You see that? That's called manifesting to the universe. Sometimes the universe thinks it's funny if I drop $26,000 on in vitro first. If this place is so great, why don't you guys move in here? What are they going to do with five bedrooms in a park? They're obviously never having kids. Look at them. I don't have any emotional holes to fill. Not that we are doing it to... Shut up, the... Russ. All right. What was that look? But look, he just said you guys were never going to have kids, and then you did a definite look. Yeah, there was a look. What was the look for? Because you looked back at me to try to include me in your look. I didn't do a look. Totally did a look. It wasn't a look. I think we just started some trouble. No, there's no trouble. Maybe even a fight. There's no fight. There's no trouble. <laughs> Let's there's get no out of here. Come on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You guys are going to have kids now, aren't you? No. What? Kimmy, I don't know. I, what? what? For sure, because you have to win at everything, and then you're going to throw your perfect uterus in my face, too. How do you know that my uterus is so perfect? We've never even tried to have kids. I don't know if I can get pregnant. Oh, of course. It is perfect. It is yours. Kimmy. It probably has a leather interior. Please, Kimmy, just got here. 
here. Sorry, Petey. Have a good fight. <laughs> See you later, Ross. I didn't do a look. You're doing a look right now. There's no look. You're doing a look. All right, maybe I did do a look. But just hearing him say it out loud, we're never having children. I mean, is that true? I quit bringing it up because every time I ever did, you say it's not the right time. You know, but we were always so broke, and then we we're going crazy trying to get the business started. And we flipped five houses this year, and I'm starting to turn down design work. I always thought that I'd be a mom someday. I think I'm ready. Great. Now you're ready, and by the time the kid's 16, I'm going to be one of those old dads like Brian Hendrickson's dad. Hey, Dad. What's up, son? Hey, Mr. Hendrickson, go long! Dad? You killed my dad! Hey, hey, Dad, wake up, wake up, wake up! You did not kill Mr. Hendrickson. And you're not that old. Here's an idea. What if we adopt a five-year-old? Be like I got cracking when I was 36. How about that? So in this first scene, we learn a really basic but important truth. Every family is imperfect, isn't it? Every family is imperfect. We have this idea of what a family should be. And it's like, you know, two parents that have been married forever and they've got 2.8 children and they live in a nice house with a white picket fence and all that sort of stuff. But that's not reality. Nobody has a perfect family and not all families look like that. There are so many different kinds of families in our world. We've got nuclear families, there are blended families, extended families, adopted families, single parent families, widowed families. There are families that are childless, either by choice or by circumstance. Um, there are even future families. Some of you guys, maybe you're here and you're a teenager or you're, you're at university age and you've got a family, but it's a future family. It's not here yet. God's got something planned for you. You'll get there one day. Don't rush it, okay? So we've got all these different kinds of family in the world and none of them look alike. Every single one of them is imperfect in some way, shape, or form. We see this illustrated, like if you were to dissect the scenes that we just watched, we actually see saw several different families, all of them with different circumstances and different forms of imperfection in them. So like if we just take Ellie, the main character, if we take her family alone, we see several different types of families. On the one hand, you have Ellie, who's not sure she wants to have a kid. She might, but she might not. She hasn't tried, and she's not sure she wants to try. Then her sister Kim, that we saw there, wants to have a kid, but she can't. She's fighting against it, battling through that whole infertility journey, which some of you know all about. I'm with you. I've been there, right? Then we're going to meet her youngest sister a little later in the film. And her younger sister is one of those super fertile women that's like constantly popping out babies. So she's already got like four kids. She's the youngest daughter. She's already got like four kids. And there's this point in which Ellie and Kim, the two older sisters, are having a fight at the dinner table. And her younger sister says, if you two don't stop fighting about your fertility issues, I'm going to go home and get pregnant this afternoon just to spite you. And you know I I can do it. So we've got these different kinds of family situations, and all of them are imperfect. All of them are flawed. Every single one of them is messy on some level. Each of these different circumstances is supposed to remind us that every family comes with its own drama and trauma. 
Amen? You with me? Every family comes with its own drama and trauma. It does not matter whether you are a nuclear family or an adopted family. Can we move ahead, slide? Thank you. Um, It doesn't matter what your family situation looks like. Every single family comes with its own set of drama and trauma. Now, this is a truth that even the Bible acknowledges. Did you know that there are zero examples of perfect families in the Bible? Zero Now you might say, but what about Jesus' family? That one had to be perfect. And that's probably the closest we get. Mary and Joseph and Jesus and the brothers and sisters. At least one kid knew how to behave in that family. You know what I mean? But the truth is, although they were relationally ideal, they were not circumstantially ideal. Because although the Bible doesn't give us all the details, we we can assume based on the story that's told that Joseph, the patriarch of the family, dies when Jesus is in his teens or his early 20s. And so they're dealing with trauma and drama even in the best example of family we've ever seen on earth. No family is perfect. Every family is messy and imperfect, and that is okay. You might be here this morning and you know you don't have an ideal family. And you wonder, like, if people really knew what happened in your kitchen, you know, the conversations and shouting matches that happened, or if they saw how you and your sister were responding to each other over Facebook Messenger, you would wonder if people would accept you. Would they judge you and your circumstances? You might wonder if you could belong here at Connect given the fact that your family dynamics are so goofy and awkward and messy and sometimes downright ugly. In a more general sense, there are probably some of you that are here and you're just even wondering like, am I doing a good job with the hand that I've been dealt? This wasn't exactly the family situation that I thought I was gonna have and I'm doing the best that I can. Am I winning? Am I losing? How do I even know? And some of you might feel so desperate this morning about your family circumstances that you're wondering if there's any hope at all for your situation. Can I tell you, there is hope for every single one of you. For every single imperfect, messy, ugly family situation you can imagine, there is hope, and we'll talk about that hope towards the end of our message. Now, In our next clip, Pete and Ellie have decided to expand their family through fostering. And so they attend a training course, and then they go to a family placement event, and they're going to discover their instant family at this event in a park. But as I'm sure you can imagine, it is not going to be easy. Let's roll clip number two. Over a half million children are currently in foster care. The system is overloaded, okay? It doesn't need any more kids. So for a child to be removed, conditions have to be pretty bleak, usually involving abuse or extreme neglect. Some of these kids can often languish in the system unless a wonderful family like yours steps up for them. We'll step up. We'll take one right away. Oh, perfect. Let me go check him back, see what we have in stock. (laughs) She is kidding, of course. We do not stock, and you know that. Um, but we can take you through the eight-week foster parenting course, and you can get your certification, and then we can pair you with some kids that you can foster until they become adoptable. But it is not going to be easy, folks. These kids will test your will, put a strain on your relationship, and push buttons you didn't even know you had. Now, I can tell by looking at you that not all y'all are going to make it. I actually think this group has got the grit to face some unpleasant... Uh, You you guys heading out? Okay, well, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that one's on me. It absolutely is, and you know what? We've gone over this before. 
which yeah. is a problem. It's a problem. You made it. Hi. <laughs> Sign in and take this form with you and write down the name of any kid you meet that you might be interested in. Really? That's how this works? Yeah, I can feel a little like shopping for kids. It's messed up, I know, but the county puts these on because they can match a lot of kids and parents quickly. God, look at the big kids over there. Breaks my heart. Most folks want nothing to do with teenagers. Of course, if you two thought you could make room for an older child. Um, I, God, I'm so sorry. We are terrible people. I'm sorry. You're not terrible. Now get on in there and find your family. Go on. God, that's so weird. I mean, normally you go and chat up some random kid in the park and you're gonna get arrested now, which you're supposed to? No. Well, this little guy's all by himself. You wanna go say hi? Yeah. Okay. Excuse me, sorry. 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 So sorry, occupied. Occupied! Sorry! Oh, sorry. Just, oh, we just went to get time. treats, so yeah. Just right. back it up. Yes. How's it going? Hey, look, you got some snacks. Come on, Lucas, right over here. Yeah, did you guys come? You know what? I'm sick of looking at that. Tell I'm going over there. Pete. Hey. Pete. I'm just gonna go and say hi. Yeah, oh, okay, hey, Pete, 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 just wait. I know, what? I know, I, I think it's awful. But they're teenagers, okay? They use drugs, and they watch people playing video games on YouTube. We're not equipped for any of that. What do we have to be equipped for? I'm just going to say hello. I know, okay? I don't think we should do that. Excuse me? Hi. Hey. Hi. Hi. Just, uh, FYI, we can all hear you. You know, we appreciate the concern, but there's really no need to go pity crazy, you know? We know how this works. So just go on. It's okay. Go mingle with the kitties and uh, don't give it another thought, okay? Have a good day, folks. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Pete and Ellie are learning a truth that many of you already know firsthand. Every family is hard work. Every family takes a lot of hard work in order to make it work. This is because every single family is full of imperfect people. Is there a perfect person in your family? Stop. Put your hand down, ma'am. You are not perfect, okay? <laughs> no, nobody's perfect. Now, here's the deal. We've got a bunch of imperfect people, and we find ourselves in imperfect situations and circumstances. Put those two together, and you get messy families that require a lot of hard work in order to make them work. Listen, if you want to have a thriving family, and we're going to see by the end of this message, family goes far beyond romance and children, okay? If you want to have thriving family relationships, you're going to have to learn to exhibit some patience with people that you just want to strangle. You're going to have to exhibit some selflessness, despite the fact that you've been selfless for years and your family doesn't seem to appreciate it at all. You're going to have to exhibit some determination. We're going to get through this thing. We will make it together. You're going to have to guard your family from threats. You're going to have to be okay with the fact that you're not going to get any time off. You don't get any breaks from your family. So sorry, that's the way it works. There are all these pressures and circumstances on imperfect people in imperfect situations, and it is no wonder that people are afraid that their families are not going to survive. 
or that even if they do survive, they won't thrive. That is such a common feeling, frustration, fear, and anxiety. And so much of it is just like, it's basic. It is what it is. This is what we have to deal with. And of course, like that's just a normal family. Some of you have, have had to deal with extenuating circumstances that just ratchet up the level of difficulty and hard work that's required. So some of you guys have to deal with shared custody arrangements. And that makes your family much harder work than it would otherwise be. Some of you guys have to deal with like unexpected infertility. You want, family, you want kids, but you can't have them. And so there's a lot. Listen, I know firsthand the anxiety, the fear, the fights that get started over that sort of complication. Some of you are in a single of pro, uh, a season of prolonged singleness. Either you've never been married or you were married and that one ended, but now you're looking for the next one and you're still waiting, still waiting, still waiting. Every time we add another layer of complexity to our relationships, the amount of hard work that it requires goes up and up and up. Hey, listen, that's one of the reasons we're doing our Parenting with a Purpose uh, conference in February. Um, one of the reasons we're doing this is because we know how hard it is to raise children in the 21st century. And we want to do everything we can to help you level up as a parent, level up as a husband, wife, partner, whatever it might be. Now, if you don't know what Parenting with a Purpose is, we're going to tell you about it at the end of the service. But the whole reason we do this is because we know how hard it is on you guys uh, day in and day out, all right? So all of this complexity, all of these different circumstances and fights and hurdles, they might lead you to ask, you know, is it even worth it? Like, do I really even need family around me? And I don't just mean husband and wife and kids and things, but do I really need the drama caused by my cousin? Wouldn't it be better if we just cut her out altogether? Do I really need the trauma that comes with keeping a relationship with my dad? Do I need that in my life or would I be better off cutting it out? Maybe you would. I'm not saying that you should keep every single relationship, but I am telling you that we've got all of these complex relationships and if you want them to survive and thrive, it is going to take a lot of hard work. Now, not everybody is ready to do that hard work. We have people who walk away from families, who walk away from relationships. We have people who decide that family is not worth it. We, we're seeing in our younger generations, millennials and Gen Z, Gen Z, sorry. Um, we're seeing in these groups, this American coming out of me, I'm, I'm trying to tamp him down. Um, look, we see in these younger generations that they are putting off marriage and family longer and longer and longer. And many of them are choosing to forego it altogether. And that's not a bad thing. Listen, if you're here and you're single, you are not broken. You are not flawed. You have not screwed up. You are not, you know, unworthy of a relationship or anything silly like that. In fact, when you read the scripture, you know what you find? The scripture speaks of singleness as one of the highest forms of living you could have because it gives you a freedom to pursue God God's calling on your life that you would never have if you're tied to a ball and chain. Don't tell my wife I said that, okay? I didn't mean her. I didn't want you to get the wrong idea. So look, there are all these different kinds of family situations. All of them are goofy. We're seeing people pull away from relationships, cut out family members, decide not to get married, decide not to have kids. And there are a bunch of different reasons that this is true in our world. But I really believe one of them is because people are seeing how much hard work is required to have a relationship or a family. And they're kind of deciding, I'm not sure it's worth it. I think I'd rather go solo. 
Now, Ellie and Pete, they decide that it is worth it, despite all the hard work it's going to take and the imperfect family situations and, and things like that. So they choose to foster that sassy little teenager named Lizzie that we saw at the end of the clip. And then they learn that Lizzie comes with two younger siblings. She comes with a younger brother named Juan, and Juan is very shy and sensitive. Then she has an even younger sister named Lita, and Lita only eats potato chips, and she is full of personality, let me tell you. So they foster these kids, they bring them home, and they have their first Christmas dinner together. What could go wrong? Let's find out in clip three. We want to thank the Lord for our first Christmas together, and we want to give thanks for this lovely meal and also this um, bounty of super fun cardboard boxes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, tuck in, everybody. Where's my potato chips? Oh, we're not having chips tonight, Munchkin. Sorry. I want my chips. Lita, Lizzie, Pete and I worked really hard on this dinner, and there's lots of yummy food for you to eat. No! Hey, Lita, vete a tu cuarto. I'm just trying to help you. I'm not yelling. I'm sorry. I am. Just then I was. But it's. Look. Lita, don't do what Lizzie just said. What, what did you say? Cuatro. Go to your bedroom. No, go cuatro to bed, go means to quart. Go like quart of milk, right? She said okay. you, you're not going to have yeah. potato chip, but you will drink that milk. In, in any case, we have this. It's fine. Okay. Fine. Okay. Let's try some of this meatloaf, okay? No! Hey. I'm not having chips. Yeah, I don't think she's getting on board with the plan, no. honey. You sure you don't want to just give her some chips? No, we're not giving her chips. We're just gonna eat. Lita, stop right there. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. Don't cry. Relax. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Watch your feet, Brace, okay? Brace me. I didn't mean to. I'm so sorry. Okay. Hey, you give those to me. Give me. Calm down. Don't cry. I'll get it. Just stay there, Mark. These are really, really good potatoes. Hey. What's that noise? Why is she growling? That wasn't in the classes. I got nothing for that. She's got a knife? It's just a SpongeBob it's knife. It's still a knife. Just put the knife down, honey. Look here, just put down the weapon, okay? You guys want me to deal with this, or do you still got it? Yeah, do you want to let her jump in here now, please? Okay, okay, fine, fine. Gracias. No, you gotta learn some Spanish. Why would you give a kid milk in a glass cup? I'm sorry, I didn't... Why did she do that? I hate her! That didn't take long. I hate us already. Well, technically, she said she hates you. You remember I told you we weren't special enough for this? We were doing fine. You said that we were in a rut. Maybe we were spoiled and we didn't appreciate the rut. The rut was easy and quiet. You know, I missed the rut, but you had to be a mommy. Whose idea was it to go and talk to the teenagers? We could have had a toddler who doesn't have opinions and thong underwear. What? Look, can't start turning on each other here. Now we're talking. Right. That's exactly what I Hello? was thinking. I hate them so much. God, me too. They're the worst. They're so ungrateful. But guess what? They're not adopted yet. No. No, they're not. We could just put them back. I mean, yes, we would look like the worst people in the world, but... Yeah, we would. 
And right now, everybody thinks we're saints. I know. I love that part. I do love that part. That's the only good part. Just an idea. What if we say that some relatives came forward, the courts took them, there's nothing we could do, right? We squirt a few tears, we act super devastated. That's good. That's good. That's very good. And we get our clean house and date night back, and everybody feels sorry for us, yes. right? Yes. Get some presents, maybe. Uh. <laughs> We're never gonna do that. It's a nice thought, but we're we're stuck, aren't we? Yeah, we are. You know, we gotta just accept that we made a terrible mistake, and our life is mostly gonna suck now. Right, honey? <laughs> During the introduction, I told you that there are two things that are true about this movie. It's hilarious, and it's very, very honest. This scene illustrates that perfectly well. This bedroom conversation between Pete and Ellie in which they ask if they've made a giant mistake and whether it's too late for them to back out of these relational or family commitments that they've made. It forces us to acknowledge that not only is every family imperfect and not only is every family hard work, but ultimately every family is a choice. You have to choose whether or not you are going to continue to stay connected to the people in your life. Of course, this is like true of the Wagners because, you know, it wasn't legal and official and they could have put the kids back if they wanted to. Thankfully, they decided to move forward with their calling as foster parents and caring for these children and things like that. But the reality is for all of us, no matter what our messy, imperfect families look like, each and every day, we are going to have to choose to commit and recommit to the family members in our life. That is the only way it is going to go the, dis the distance. We have to deal with the frustration, express the, the, the difficulties that we feel, but we have to choose to stay connected. Every single family is ultimately a choice that you'll make again and again and again, and you're like, maybe this time I'm going to choose differently, and again and again and again. And I want you to understand, this is like what I'm saying here. It goes far beyond marriage and children. It goes beyond family of origin. It is, it is the truth of everybody that you are connected or related to, whether it's by blood or marriage or romance or mutual interest or a shared faith. Anybody that you are connected with is a part of a larger family that you belong to, and you have to choose, am I going to stay connected or am I going to go solo? And if I can be real for a moment, there are a lot of situations in which it would be easier to go solo. There are a lot of families in which it would be easier if you could just cut them off and go find a new one, go start a new one, go experience something different somewhere else. Although it's easier to go solo, can I challenge you to recognize that it is never more fulfilling to go solo? You were not created to do life alone. You were not created to be a lone ranger. You've heard it said that no man is an island. That's true. And nobody can survive without a rich network of relationships around them. Every single family is imperfect. It's hard work and it's a choice. I hope, though, you recognize that every single family, at least nearly every family, is worth it. 
If we define family big enough, like I get it, there are some terrible families. And maybe you left behind an abusive relationship. Good for you. I am so proud of you and thankful that you got out of that circumstance. No judgment whatsoever. You did the right thing. There are some families that could be so extreme, so violent, so damaging that the only thing to do is to cut it off. But the vast majority of families, they can survive, they can thrive if we recognize they're imperfect, if we're willing to do hard work, if we make a daily commitment to the people around us, and we keep telling ourselves, it is worth it. It doesn't feel that way today, but it is worth it. Jesus promised us a rich and abundant, overflowing life in John 10, 10. And the only way that we can live this life is if we stay connected to a larger family of people. That's why we're always telling you guys to get involved in a connect group, for goodness sake. It is so healthy and helpful to be involved in a larger family. We are better together. Okay, our last clip is actually the final scene from the movie. And uh, there's a whole lot of plot that obviously we didn't get to show. And there have been a lot of ups and downs for the Wagners and their little instant family. But at the end of the film, they all gather in a courtroom to officially adopt Lizzie, Juan, and Lita into their family. And so what I'm hoping is as we watch this final scene, and you see what good can come when people, imperfect people, are willing to do the hard work, they're willing to make the choice to say yes to one another, and to believe it is worth it, that in the end, they're better for it. Let's roll the final clip. Good morning, folks. You know, family court is important. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Grandma Sandy's in the house. (laughs) We can begin. (laughs) Told you we'd make it. Stop it. These seats are safe. Yeah, they're safe for me. Move over. Stop it. Go ahead, Judge. Thank you, Grandma Sandy. (laughs) She got a T-shirt. You know, family court is important work, but it's difficult work. We spend day in and day out dealing with things that we feel no family should have to go through. So on these rare days when we get to smile at work, these days mean a great deal to all of us. And I may not look it, but I'm a huge cornball. And I live for this. Honey? We are here today to officially create a new family. Peter and Eleanor Wagner. Do you wish to adopt Juan, Lita, and Lizzie into your family today? Yes, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. It's just the songs. Got me a little emotional. Juan, Lita, and Lizzie, would you like Peter and Eleanor to be your mom and dad? Sure. (laughs) Yes, please. Yes! (laughs) Well then, by the authority vested in me by the state of California, I pronounce you a family. Yeah, sure. Thank you. It's gonna be us soon. Oh, I, I'm, I'm part of this family too. <laughs> okay, thank oh, you. Oh, me too. <laughs> I'd like to be in the picture. Be sure. We're, we're not. We should all go. I think they'd like that. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, you too. Come on. <laughs> okay, I think that's everybody. Say family! If you've never seen the film before, it might not have dawned on you that all the characters in the courtroom surrounding the Wagners were all the people that had been a part of their life earlier in the film. And so at the end there, they are surrounded by all of their family and friends and frenemies. There's the uh, adoption and foster workers, social workers, court officers, random acquaintances, and they're all there when it's it's time to jump into the family photo. And the reason that they did that is because the filmmakers want you to know something that I believe God would want you to know as well. And that is that every family is bigger than what you can see. Family is not defined by the people that you share blood relationship with only. Family is not just about who you have a last name in common with. Every family is bigger than what you can see. Now, this is true, obviously, like in that sense that I just mentioned, you are surrounded by relationships that go far beyond, you know, your, your typical blood relationships. But this is also true in another sense, a more spiritual sense. Because when we read the scripture, we find out that every single earthly family is meant to point towards a heavenly family that each of us have been invited to be a part of. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 18. Some of y'all were like, is he even going to read the Bible today? Yes, here it is. Look at what this verse says. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. When God wanted to describe his relationship with us, the language he used was family language. He says, I am your father. You are my son. You are my daughter. By extension, we are brothers and sisters and cousins. We are all a part of God's family, or at least we have the invitation to be a part of God's family. Every single earthly family is supposed to point towards the bigger heavenly family that we can all belong to. That means that everything we have said so far this morning about your earthly family is also true about God's heavenly family, which we call the church. Watch this. Every church is imperfect. You with me? Listen, there is no such thing as a perfect church. You may be shopping around trying to find the perfect church. You will not find it. If you do happen to find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Every church is hard work, you guys. Every church is hard work. It is hard work to show up at 6.30 in the morning, minus 30 outside, and roll cases and set up lights. And there are times where you're like, I hate this so much. Why are we doing it? It's hard work. Yes, it is. But every church, every spiritual family, it is a choice that you have to make. You can choose to belong to this family of God, or you can choose to reject it and go solo. But I promise you, you'll be happier and more fulfilled 
if you get plugged into God's family serving God's mission. Because in the end, spiritual family is worth it. It is worth it to be in God's family. Look at Psalm 68, verses five and six, and we're done. The scripture tells us his name is Yahweh, and he is father to the fatherless. He is defender to the widows. Do you see that family language there? Imperfect, differing circumstances, and God is there for them all. He is father to the fatherless, defender of the widows. This is our God who is whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. This is one of the most meaningful verses in the world to me. That if you feel lonely, if you feel disconnected, if your family is wonderful or totally screwed up, God wants to invite you into his heavenly family in which there'll be just as much drama, trauma, and mess, but in the end, you will agree it is worth it. So how does this happen? How do you get into God's family? Well, the way this movie ended is perfect for communicating that. Because at the end of the movie, Juan, Lita, and Lizzie had to go into a courtroom and they were asked, do you officially want to be a part of the Wagner's family? And they had to say yes in order for it to happen. This morning, I'm asking you, do you want to be a part of God's heavenly family? If you do, all you have to do is say yes. But if you don't say yes, then God will respect your wishes and he won't force you into his family or his tribe. But I'm telling you, if you join God's heavenly family, you will recognize it's worth it. It's messy, it's imperfect, but man, is it a joy to be a part of a spiritual family.